to episode 104 of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. It is the final episode before the long-anticipated, much-awaited, super-exciting Parkrun Adventurers listener meetup. Are you excited, Scotty? Always, Mel. Extra Always, excited. Always, he says. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't you tell? Can't you tell? <laughs> I was too busy thinking that. I probably just burst a few eardrums with the pitch and the noise levels of that one. So you might need to tone that down in the edit. Okay. I'm sure you, you're you all over that. Um, have you been counting down the days? Because I see other people have been counting down the days, Scotty. I am, but for different reasons. Um, I don't know if I'm getting a bit of performance anxiety, Mel, but I think for one of the first times in my life, I could be nervous Going into Saturday. Really? I think so. I don't know why. You, you don't know why, so you can't explain it. I, I think I probably just care too much about our listeners and I don't want to disappoint them. Okay. This is interesting. How can how can we turn this around? So do you think you're going to have a bit of a, a vomit on Saturday morning? <laughs> no. Well, this is it. I don't know. I've never been in this situation before. So it would be an awkward way to start the live broadcast or the, li- <laughs> the live recording of a broadcast, whatever we're going to call it, yes. with, a, with a, a vomit. But memorable. <laughs> Remember the time that the listener <laughs> made up when Scotty threw up just before he was about to start? Yes, I'm sure everybody would remember that time, if that time ever happened. Okay, well, maybe we'll try to avoid that. Perhaps we won't give you breakfast that day. Maybe, maybe. So just just be gentle with me next, um, or on Saturday. The thing is, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to contain my excitement. Okay, so you're excited, which is good. Yeah, it hasn't hasn't turned to nerves yet. It probably will turn to nerves when I realise that they're actually people. And, like, I'll I'll be sitting next to you like deer in headlights kind of situation because it hasn't been, you know, the only other episode we've been together recording was episode 12 and that was a long time ago. (laughs) I love how you remember these details. That was when you visited me in Melbourne and we did it in the studio, wasn't it? It was and you had a beard, you know, (laughs) all sorts of things were different. So I just don't know, like, I I might look at your face because I don't get to usually see your face when we record and and I might just have have a blank. Hmm. We might not have anything to talk about. (laughs) We better prepare for that. I don't have a beard anymore, so don't be surprised about that. Okay. Well, I will see you on Friday, you know, so it's not like, I think I'll have 24 hours to get used to you not having a beard or anything when I talk to you. So that's okay. Check preparation um how's everything going with the sound and the recording tech stuff because that's that's all on you yeah we'll we'll, we'll find out about that on saturday morning as well we're just crossing our fingers (laughs) and hoping for the best right so will we be using little uh paper cups and strings or how are we gonna how how's the audience gonna hear us well hopefully we're gonna have some sort of amplification or failing that, we're just going to talk really loud. We could we could make our own megaphones. That would be cool. Okay. Look, I'm pretty confident that we'll have some sort of amplification, even though we are recording outside without power. <laughs> and what's the forecast no looking like? Well, it's supposed to rain on Friday, but I'm told Saturday is going to be fine. Okay, good. 
Because we can always trust I'm sure the there will be enough locals that have got brollies that they could bring them along and we can all sit with some brollies. We don't really have a wet weather option. Should we get one? Too late now. <laughs> it's not too late. There's days and days. We could we we could call in a favour and get a tarp or something, surely. We'll improvise on the morning if that happens. Okay. Let's not worry about that. Are you looking forward to the rest of the fun of the weekend? I am. I'm worried about if our listeners are up to date because oh. you know, we, we put out an episode every week, which is a lot. It's hard to keep up with us. And I hope um, everybody is current. So I'm hoping with some, with some road trips to get there, hopefully they've gone back and caught up and, and they're listening to this episode as they drive to Shell Harbour, maybe. We could be keeping them company right now. What do you do when you're on a road trip, Scotty? Well, there's uh, you, you've got you've got some games. We we Spoto Spoto is a favourite in our family. Spoto is that like a nice uh, Victorian way of saying I spy? No, Spoto is you have to find the yellow car. That's the it. Yellow car. That's the game. <laughs> yeah, when you see it, you go Spoto. <laughs> And that's it. It's the game's over. Yeah, yeah. So I'm the king of Spoto, <laughs> which and I have There's a disadvantage. Not a lot of longevity in that game is. There? Oh, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. But I'm the king of Spoto, and I have the disadvantage that I have to concentrate on driving. But I still win every time. Well, I don't think that's a disadvantage because it's your job to be paying attention to the road and the other vehicles that are on it. Yeah, but Kasher and Ivana are looking down side streets, looking in driveways. Ah, uh, okay. Fully focused on Spoto. Still can't beat me. <laughs> okay. Do you ever play the alphabet game? Yeah. Yep. Is that with the number plates? No, not number plates. I mean, no. You actually have to find words beginning with all the letters of the alphabet. So you find them on road signs or bumper stickers or um, buildings as you go past that sort of thing and and so once you found a I mean it's a race effectively it's a race not a run uh, a race to the end of the alphabet so once you found the letter a then you're looking for b whereas somebody else might already be up to l because they found all those letters already and if somebody uses exit for e you can't also use exit you need a different word okay that's a good one that's a variation we just look for letters but words is just taking it next level. Yes, and it there's a bit more longevity in that game. Okay. You know, and and usually somebody will like scream all the way through to Q, and then they get stuck. <laughs> <laughs> and and the only other rule is X is allowed to be anywhere in the words, so it doesn't have to be. You don't have to drive past a radiologist that has X-rays written on the thing. If nobody used E for exit, then you can use the X in exit. As your ex, just okay. so you can get to the end of the alphabet. Well, what about driving tunes? What's your go-to? Yeah, do you, have you do you do a, do you put a podcast on or do you have a playlist going? What's what's the Urbacker repertoire? On if I'm driving by myself, if I'm driving by myself, I do listen to podcasts. Um, if Wes is in the car, sometimes he prefers music or quiet. If Adam's in the car, then, you know, it's a whole other story again. Um, it's it's often difficult for us all to agree on what we want to listen to. How about you? Do you <laughs> listen to music or podcasts? 
Well, when it's the family, it's music. And we have an Apple Music subscription, so I just hand my phone. Usually it ends up with Kusha, and we have about 60 minutes of My Little Pony songs. You wouldn't think there was 60 minutes worth of My Little Pony songs, but they've they've released a couple of albums. Oh my God, what kind of songs do My Little... I don't even remember My Little Ponies being musical when I was a child. Oh, they're very musical. See ya. <laughs> See ya was in the last movie, and, and that song's okay. It's okay the first couple of listens. After about 12 to 14 listens in a row, it, it loses its magic a little bit. Well, fortunately, they've released a couple of albums, so there'd be some different songs. You don't have to listen to one 14 times. Yeah. And you know what? They're all so sweet and innocent. It's all about your best friends being your best friends and helping each other out. Oh, It's very sweet. <laughs> and then Yvonne gets, Bonnie gets control of the phone and she panics because she, she, she has performance anxiety that she's got to pick all the good bangers that everyone wants to hear and listen to. <laughs> so she picks a couple of songs and then she panics and just gives up. And then eventually <laughs> after four hours, I get it. After four hours of My Little Pony songs and three from, from Ivana. Yeah. Okay. And what do you choose? You go for some Kanye? Pretty much, yeah, which horrifies Ivana. <laughs> Gosh, and I'll sing I along. don't blame her. <laughs> we know all the words. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be horrified too. I still have one of his. I have that I'm a God song on my button playlist <laughs> that you recommended all those episodes ago. And I, I have to skip over it because I just can't. I just I just can't. It's one of our favorites. Not, not Kanye. He's just creative. He's just an artist. That's how I explain his lyrics to Kasha. Doesn't mean anything. It's just a creative way to express yourself. She loves okay. it. Until she gets a bit older and then she'll be like, oh my God, my childhood was a lie. <laughs> Yeah, so Kasha's playlist goes from My Little Ponies to Kanye West. If I am in, I have to say, if I'm in the car by myself, I am pretty good at belting out Disney songs at the top of my voice, unaccompanied. What era of Disney songs? Because you're about to enter a new era of Disney songs with Wes. It's a a good time. Here's the thing, I've already got him into Moana, so I can sing a whole bunch of the songs from Moana, and um, he's my excuse for watching it four or five times in the last few months. But the other songs, I, I am... I am vintage, I will call it vintage Disney, so I love to sing Little Mermaid and Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast, um, all the classics, basically. I am a fan of Tarzan, but only in Italian. I didn't know there was a Tarzan movie. Well, you missed that one. You didn't know there was a Tarzan? Not a, not a Disney animation Tarzan. Seriously, Phil Collins did the whole soundtrack. Oh, you really? You don't know about this. No, yeah. we, we missed it. Oh, you need to catch yourself up on Tarzan. However, if you can, go straight to the Italian version. Because did you know? No, you wouldn't know because you didn't even know there was a Tarzan. But Phil Collins sang all the foreign language versions of his songs when they like translated them into other languages. And he did an amazing job of the Italian version. And I prefer the Italian songs because the lyrics are just nicer than the English version. He's a very talented man, Phil Collins. He is. You think about it, he was a major music rock star, balding, middle-aged British dude in his time. But he he was still on top of the charts. Yeah, it, like that doesn't happen well, now. You know, it's yeah, it is a bit now about looks and auto tune, isn't it? Yeah, there's it, they don't rely so much on talent anymore. Now, 
We've got Liam Adams coming up on the podcast this week. We're going to have people listening this week who will see, oh, Liam Adams is on the podcast. We're going to listen to that one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we've just subjected them to, to 15 minutes of our talking about road trip music and games. <laughs> we are a quality podcast. <laughs> we, know, we know our audience and that's the audience that we're going to share. The weekend with Mel, our audience. But we've got Liam coming up, Commonwealth Games, a couple of weeks' time. Have you got the fever? Have I got the fever for the Com Games? I'm I'm always being asked if I have fever. Mm, have I got no? Come not yet. on, Mel. It's it's in your home state. Everyone I yeah. speak to from Queensland's going gaga over the Com Games. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just not. Hmm. Maybe I should change my answer. <laughs> Mel, have you got the fever? Hell yes, I've got the fever. Who hasn't got the fever for the Com Games? <laughs> That's the spirit. That's the spirit. Uh, let's find out if Liam has got the fever. We're super excited this week. Leading into the Commonwealth Games fever, it started for both of us. We're going to chat to not only our Parkrun Australia male record holder, but also our Australian Commonwealth Games representative in the marathon. Welcome back to the Park Run Adventurers, Liam Adams. Cheers. Thanks, Scott. Now, I said back because we have also briefly spoke to you when you did break the Park Run Australia record a long time ago now back at Maribyrnong. Have you had a run since at Park Run? Oh, I've done a couple. I've uh, helped my girlfriend out for a couple of runs down at uh, Park Run, and I've used a couple of Park Runs where I've gone done Park Run um, posted the time and then gone out and done another 5K or a, continued on and done another bit of a session. So, um, yeah, I've used it a few times in training sessions, but uh, not so much just recently. And uh, just to refresh everybody's memories, I, I want to know, when you break a country record at Parkrun, do you go out there with the intention to do it or do you just rock up and decide that you're going to have a really good day? Uh, I was kind of, for that uh, record that I got, um, I was just using it as a bit of a hit out towards uh, World Cross Country Championships. I was leaving in a couple of days' time and uh, I thought it would be good to get a little bit of a fast run uh, on the legs and uh, I was hoping to break my uh, training partner's uh, course record and uh, I think he wasn't too far off um, Scott Westcott's uh, national record. So... um, when I crossed the lines line, I kind of knew that I got um, my training partner's record, but at the time I actually didn't know that I had Scott Westcott's record. So um, I only found that out uh, a few hours later when uh, a few people told me about it. Now you touched on there, you've used Parkrun to pace your girlfriend. Now on the weekend, you two achieved a unique double, something you've done in the past as well. You both cleaned up at the Run for Kids, which is a big event down here in Melbourne. I'm speaking of Charlotte. Um, that must have been nice, both getting some trophies on the weekend. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I was using that race to kind of have probably my last kind of hard race on the road before Commonwealth Games and uh, obviously um, had a little bit of a sickness cut leading into it, so the plans didn't go the way I'd liked, um, so I had to change tactics and didn't get the time that I would have liked, but um, yeah, it was good to both for both of us to get the win, and uh, 
think Charlotte was coming off a bit of a break. So I think a maximum for the two weeks leading into that race was probably about a 7K run in so she'd been. And uh, I think she said after the 7K mark, she could definitely feel it. So I think she battled a bit towards the end as well. Well done to both of you. Now, Liam, the... You, you just mentioned that it was like the last sort of proper race that you're going to do in the lead up. How do you work in like the last few weeks before a Commonwealth Games? What what does the plan look like for your training? Well, currently at the moment, um, so the day after um, run for the kids, I um, packed my bags and left to go to Falls Creek to do a two-week altitude stint. And uh, I usually um, – I feel like the body responds well off that and it really works the lungs. Um, for me, I've got um, my lung function's not that great. My VO2 max is good, but my lung function's not that great. And uh, I feel that when I'm up at altitude, my lungs work a lot harder. So um, I decided to do a two week stint of altitude up here and uh, I'll try and get some good mileage out and some good training. And then the last two weeks, I'll be uh, backing it off a bit more. So it'll be a bit more of a taper. And those two weeks will be spent in Gold Coast. So um, I'll be there trying to acclimatise the heat. So that's how it's kind of looking at the moment. Awesome. I have two questions that have just come out of that. So I'll ask you the first one first. What is VO2 max for those of us who are not elite athletes? VO2 max is kind of the maximum volume of oxygen that you can uh, that your body can deliver to your working muscles and uh i feel that my body's probably pretty good at um delivering that oxygen to the muscles but i feel that the thing that lets me down is my ability to take in air so i think my lungs are quite restrictive in that fact but um the cardiovascular system is pretty good at delivering it to the uh muscles so that's what I kind of think um, is my benefits that I get. And that's so um, altitude training is going to increase your VO2 max or it doesn't really impact that? Um, I, I haven't really um, – I don't really know too much of the studies of whether altitude training improves or increases the VO2 max. I think it would, um, but I feel that for me – it's more so it improves my VE max, so my tidal volume and stuff like that. So the amount of oxygen I can get in per minute and stuff like that. So I think maybe um, my capacity to get a little bit more oxygen into the lungs, I believe that that would be the most important thing for me at the moment. Yeah. Okay. I literally had a run this afternoon, which I um, finished off on Strava with the hashtag shut up lungs. So I feel your pain. I think probably we're on different scales, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so my other question was, what does a taper look like? Like your last two weeks, how many kilometers are you going to fit into that? I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by tapers. I know it frustrates the hell out of a lot of people, but I'm really interested to know if elites just don't actually run very much realistically well it's interesting i've i've done a number of type of tapers and i think sometimes i've really dropped the mileage and 
I think for the Olympic Games, I probably dropped it a bit too much and I came in there quite lethargic. And then I think I just started getting some muscle type problems, tight back, tight muscle, um, tight hamstrings, tight calves and stuff like that leading in. So, um, so I kind of learned from that and Berlin, I probably held the mileage a bit higher. So I think two weeks out, I was probably doing about 160k so it was only dropped by about 20 or 30k's from the previous week but that week leading into berlin was probably about a 120k week roughly around that yeah so um i'm thinking that that's probably the taper that i'm gonna take probably about a 180k's two weeks out maybe a little bit less and probably try and hold it at about 120 i think that the body went into Berlin Marathon a little less lethargic and I felt good on the start line. So I had no muscle problems or anything like that or tightness. So I think that that's probably the approach I'll, it's the approach I'll take this time. Liam, I've got a question that I'm always fascinated when I hear those numbers. Um, do you ever get sick of running? Like That's a long time <laughs> on your legs, even in your taper. Oh, oh sometimes. I do do get a little sick of the running. Uh, I think that's more so when it's um, undes- undesirable weather and stuff like that and when you don't really have trading partners around. There's um, some patches where you probably get a bit disheartened and probably feel that, oh, I could be at home sitting by the fire and eating my dinner right now, but instead you're out there running and it could be like 9 nine o'clock at night. I think recently I've had a couple of runs where I've been finishing about nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. So, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, sometimes I do have that feeling, but most of the time I, I love my running and I enjoy it. And yeah, I, I don't know what I'd do without it. Are you currently in falls by yourself or have you got training partners uh, with yes, you there? Uh, no training partners up here at the moment. Um, just myself, um, so, yeah, it's been a bit lonely and stuff like that, and uh, I've just been doing everything by myself. Um, but I might have a friend come up next week, and I think he'll jump on the bike, and he'll probably help me out with um, giving me gels and drinks on some of my runs so I can practice my nutrition and stuff like that. And, uh, and then I might have um, Charlotte come up for about three or four days towards the end. So she'll join me for a few runs and then, uh, yeah, if, if she brings up the bike, then she might help me out with some of that stuff too. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) Yeah. I still find this fascinating. You are our elite long distance runner at the moment and you're up there off your own bat that falls, and uh, that just doesn't seem right to me. Does it? Does it fit with you? Like I feel like our athletics body or our comms game team should be giving you a bit more support leading into such a big event. Oh well, I don't know the type of support they could really give me. I think um, it. I think more so it would come from uh, just myself having training partners that I could bring up, but I guess. A lot of my uh, running friends have jobs and stuff like that, so they obviously can't commit to something like this. And uh, I couldn't ask them to do something like that, take a few weeks off work, because that's a bit um, greedy. So, um, 
yeah, I don't think there's much that uh, Athletics Australia can do. Um, but yeah, just stints like this can be expensive. I think this stint up at Falls Creek is going to cost me about two and a bit grand. So, <laughs> and I'm not working over this uh, period of time, so it uh, hurts the bank balance a fair bit. I guess that's what I mean. Is surely they could at least pay for your time at Falls? That's not an option. Uh, well, for um, for the Olympics, there was a little bit of funding um, given to the athletes so that we could do stuff like this. And then also for Glasgow Commonwealth Games, uh, there's a little bit of funding to for training preparations and stuff like that. So, um, but I think unfortunately because it's in Australia this year. I guess the fact is we don't have to really acclimatise to the weather up on Gold Coast and stuff like that. And uh, I think that they have just decided there's going to be no funding um, for any training preparations and stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe the NAS-supported athletes get that type of funding, but um, the ones which don't get NAS obviously aren't getting supported. I want I want to come back to working a full-time job when you run as much as you do and train as much as you do. But before we go on to that, I want to go back to, um, you know, the parts where you, you don't feel like running and you don't have the motivation and you don't have the, um, you know, the running partners or I can't possibly see how somebody riding on a bike next to you would be motivational because that would just annoy the bejesus out of me. I would want to be on the bike because that seems like such the easier option but what do you do how how do you keep motivated or is it more like this is your second job and so you just know you have to get out there and and do the miles or the k's like how how do you talk yourself into doing runs on those days when you've got the inclement weather and just you just really don't feel like it well um i think it's just being self-driven um I, I feel like I haven't ran my best for the marathon and um, in regards to getting out there, doing that training and um, pushing yourself and doing those extra miles or running a bit harder, um, I always tell myself um, if you push yourself in training, then uh, you're going to – whatever you put into the training, you get out in your race. So um, I feel that – yeah, if you want any better results, then you've obviously got to work for it. And uh, I guess that's the main drive. Um, I, I want to improve myself. I want to run better. So um, that's the thing. Um, that's the thing with training. you just got to get out there, push yourself, and uh, try and be better. Fair enough. I'll try to remember that next time I um, wanna, don't want to go for a run, which is probably going to be tomorrow. Um, Liam... Work. All right. So I know that when you're training, obviously the running's important, the nutrition's important, sleep and rest is important. How do you fit all those things in around a full-time job? What what gives first? Do you give up the sleep? Do you give up the eating? Um, well, I, I try not give up anything, um, but I feel that a number of times – my sleep has probably been affected the most out of it all. So um, I think there's periods where I think leading into the Olympic Games, there was a patch of a few weeks where I was – oh well, one or two weeks where I was getting a maximum of six hours 
of sleep per night and I was waking up like a zombie and feeling like I've been hit by a bus and obviously it's not great but um, I just somehow was able to manage it. Work was fine. Um, I'd get um, finished work and uh, be ready and fully motivated and ready to go for my sessions so I felt like the training wasn't affected but ultimately yeah if you if you want to get that little bit extra then you need to, to get yeah get that sleep in and um that's just going to help you with recovery and stuff like that so maybe I probably if I got that little bit extra sleep then I probably could have trained a little bit harder and stuff like that and managed everything else a little bit better but um Generally, I um, manage the um, balance between work and training quite well, um, but there's patches where, say, leading into Christmas last year, I was doing 50-plus-hour weeks. There was one week where it was nearly 60 hours and uh, I was trying to train. And uh, I think um, for that period of time, I thought um, working takes the priority just for the fact that I kind of knew that I'd be asking for a little bit of time off before Commonwealth Games. So if I did the right thing by my boss then, then uh, he'd let me have a few weeks off to, to go come to Falls Creek and do stuff like this and do some training camps. So, um, yeah, I think it's a little bit of give and take between the work and uh, and the running. So, yeah, but generally I can get the balance quite well. i tell you what, Mel, it's hard to come up with excuses uh, for us to, for us to say we're too busy when you uh, hear that schedule for Liam. I want to know, Liam, how are you feeling going into the Commonwealth Games? Are you, I'm not going to ask you for a prediction, but are you looking to podium, maybe? Is that your goal? Um, I think there is a possibility that I could podium, and uh, I'm still uncertain if everything that I've done in my training could lead towards that. There's been a couple of little um, interruptions and things which have been uh, some external things which have uh, been distractions from my running and stuff like that. So uh, they've affected the training slightly with my ability to um, push in training and stuff like that. But um, generally I've done good training, um, some good sessions here and there. Um, some marathon-specific sessions, and I've had the ma- uh, mileage quite high and um, going quite well, but um, over this last week and a half, I've had a couple of little interruptions. Uh, I um, had a toenail feel like it was ripping off during one of my sessions, and I had to pull the pin on one of my key sessions and then had to have a few days of very light running or pretty much no mileage. So my mileage and a few sessions have been affected and then I got a little bit sick so um, leading into to run for the kids. So uh, this last week and a half probably hasn't been that great and I'm hoping that it hasn't affected my overall training preparations. But I, I think I've put in a pretty good stint for Commonwealth Games and hopefully I can get a, a PB and a good result there, yeah. You hear all these stories about it being like a mental thing as much as it's a physical thing. Do you put in any training to like, you know, visualisation, seeing yourself on the podium and getting yourself into the alpha state before you train just so that, you know, your brain is switched on to where you want it to go? Well, uh, 
I don't really do that much visualization training and stuff like that, but you kind of have that thought in the back of your head um, that, oh, if you, you've got to kind of believe you can do that type of thing. So you've got that thought in the back of your head leading into each session and you just hope that that type of thought drives you to run that little bit harder than you were going to going to into that session. So, um, yeah, I think that that's, that's the thing when you're going into um, an event like this, Commonwealth Games and home soil, um, you've just got to be that extra bit driven and motivated to run that bit harder and run through your skin. So, um, yeah, I'm just really hoping that uh, I can have an unbelievable run at Commonwealth Games and, uh, yeah, fingers crossed I can shock myself. Our fingers will be crossed for you. I, I'm, I'm going to ask you to reveal all your secrets here. Do you have any lucky things like lucky undies or lucky socks or something little, little, um, what do you call them, routines or, or things that you do before a big race that you, you're a bit superstitious about? Um, no, not really. Um, I kind of feel that if I had those routines in that superstitious type thing that I, uh, that I do that if something went wrong with that, um, then I'm probably going into the race with negative thoughts that, Oh no, the routine's gone, gone. I'm not going to run well. So kind of try and stick clear of the superstitious things. And, uh, I, I have little routines, but they're kind of flexible routines. So if something goes wrong, then it's not the end of the world. But, um, yeah, nothing that I religiously do leading into a race, just kind of the standard type things like carbo loads. And um, for me, um, the morning of a marathon, just because marathons are usually early in the morning, um, I'm not a fan of taking on breakfast just before the race just because – I don't want to take the risk of um, getting a stitch and um, putting in all that hard work that I've done over the months just to have that undone by having a stitch by just slightly overeating in that morning. So I just load up with food the night before and uh, put a little – I guess this would be the little thing that I do for most races would be I put a little snack beside my bed. So if I wake up during the night – um, I've had troubles a few times before where I wake up during the night and I know it's I'm going to race the next morning and then I start panicking like, oh, you need to get back to sleep. And when you start thinking of those type of things like stressing about um, getting back to sleep, then it kind of stresses you out a bit more and keeps you up a bit longer. So I feel that I just reach across to the, um, the bench beside the bed and just grab – um, a banana or a muffin or whatever it may be that I um, grabbed for my snack and just have that and just have a little bit of food and just that helps me get back to sleep and yeah just it's a lot less stressful when I do something like that so yeah okay Liam Commonwealth Games is important it's been your focus lately but um, there's something else happening this week I know you're a footy fan I know you're a Carlton fan I won't hold that against you are you more excited about the footy starting or Commonwealth Games in a couple of weeks? Uh, well, 
I love my footy and I'm, I'm looking forward to watching the game tomorrow night. So um, I'll be all set for that and I am excited about that. But um, ultimate, ultimately, um, yeah, Commonwealth Games is a lot more important uh, than that. Um, so if I miss the game tomorrow night, it's not the end of the world. But if something went wrong and I miss Commonwealth Games, then uh, I'd absolutely be shattered so yeah commonwealth games is a lot more important for me yeah fair enough i reckon if i if you're a richmond supporter i think that would have been a harder uh, decision (laughs) the way they've been carrying on lately so i'm not going to say i'm going to barrack for carlton tomorrow night but i I certainly hope you uh push them to a close (laughs) game i think you should scott (laughs) liam i want to take you back to the conversation we had earlier about your lungs now you're an asthma sufferer as a kid correct? Yes, yes, I was. So running has overcome your asthma or do you think asthma has affected your your lung issue that you spoke about earlier? Well, um, I think it feels like I've overcame it. Um, It was quite severe as a kid. Um, I'd been hospitalised a few times when I was younger, Um, spent a few weeks in at the Royal Children's Hospital. So... um, yeah, I, I had some bad asthma attacks, and uh, as I grew up, and I guess the I just feel that the running kind of helped me get rid of it. But um, there's a few things I, I I occasionally get some sicknesses or colds and flus where there's a bit of a wheezing um, type um, cough and stuff like that, and I kind of feel that I've slightly still got it. Um, still get asthma so um, I think it's there maybe it's it's still a little bit there but it's nowhere near as bad as it what it was and um, I've also been told I, I've never hay fever as a kid but I've been told that um, it's quite common for asthmatics to kind of maybe grow out of the asthma but that kind of moves in um, that transfers over to getting a lot more hay fever. And I feel that over these past five or six years, hay fever has been a massive issue for me, especially up last year. It felt like I had hay fever for probably about two months straight and it was just horrible for me, yeah. How does an asthmatic child get into running? Because, you know, it. I, I had mild asthma as a child and it, impacted me in the reverse that you know I wanted to stay the hell away from exercise because I was always suffering and coming last and things like that yeah well um I don't know for me I was just a really sporty kid so um I was quite competitive and I jumped at any opportunity to compete for my primary school and uh in my first year of running I did quite well and I made it all the way to states but um for my first state championships, I had to pull out of just because in that week leading into it, I had an asthma attack and uh, it was quite bad. And I was still hoping that I'd still be able to line up and uh, do the race. But um, got to race day, I went to Bandura where the race was held and uh, just the asthma was so bad and I just knew that I it was a bad idea to run. So I didn't run that day, but um, I think generally uh, for most races, I didn't really have issues with the asthma. So um, 
I guess it didn't really deter me from my running and uh, I guess the competitive side of me, um, even if I did have a little bit of an asthma attack or had some issues leading into the race, um, I still wanted to get out there and compete. But, um, that yeah, that first time that I had the state championships, it was just physically impossible for me to go out there and run. So, um, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed, but I guess health's more important really, yeah. Well, we're hoping everything lines up, health, training, the stars, everything you need to run the race you want to run at the Commonwealth Games, Liam. I, I certainly hope you do get to acclimatise to the Gold Coast after you've been in Falls Creek and having not the weather that you would like to have. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm thinking I should be able to acclimatise well. Um, Melbourne's been relatively good weather, so this last week, um, this week up in Falls Creek's gonna it's not gonna be that great, but um I feel I should be able to acclimatize quite well because we're we're coming out of our summer, so we've had a large stint of hot weather and stuff like that. So um it shouldn't be too bad up at um Gold Coast. Excellent. Well thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing all the insights into what goes into an elite going to the com games i know i'm going to adopt your keep a snack by the bedside table uh even just on normal nights from now on because i think it's a great idea (laughs) and we wish you all the best for the com games liam will be watching uh cheers thank you very much mel Good morning, Parkrun Adventurers. It's Lyndall here, checking in for the Channel 5 News crew with a roving report from the launch of Forest Lake Parkrun. Now, I've just parked, wandered along. I've got about a couple of hundred metres to, to get to the start, and I've run into Bobby. Bobby, how are you going today? Good, thanks. Yourself? How are you going? Pretty excellent. Now, are you a local here? No, I'm not, actually. I'm from Springwood, from uh, Logan area, so I just decided to come down here today. Yeah. Excellent. Do you adventure around a lot? So how far is it from Springwood to here? It's around 30 kilometres. Yep. So it's a fair bit of a drive. And yep. especially coming from the Logan Road, there's a lot of construction. So it took me a long time, oh. 45 minutes. So <laughs> it was fun, but I'm enjoying it. So, yeah. Excellent. And do you travel around to a lot of different park runs? Yes, I do. Uh, that's I like to do my alphabets. So this is my F that I wanted to do. So I have done so far 18. So, yeah few more to go from alphabet and otherwise i have done so far 30 different park runs so yeah excellent and what's your home park run uh underwood park run underwood, underwood park. i've been to underwood park that's my u and this will be my f today so there you go well thank you for talking to me on the podcast happy adventuring and maybe i'll see you at another park run sometime we'll do definitely and thanks for having me thank you very much have fun thank you thanks bobby <laughs> Scotty and Mel, I've tracked down Schultze. It's a park run launch in Queensland. It's time for a statesman update. How are you going today, Schultze? I'm going okay. Didn't run very well today. It's pretty warm. Well, you were running with me, so I reckon you did pretty well. Yeah, well, you were running really fast, weren't you? So. Oh, super fast, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> now, statesmanship, how are you going? Are you still a statesman? No, I missed plantation a few weeks ago. And I've missed Cardwell today. So, so theoretically, down. it's impossible for anyone to be a statesman? No, there's no statesman in Queensland at the moment. 
and you're the closest. I'm the closest, yeah. With two down, how many parklands are there in Queensland now? This is 85. Well, that's a lot of parklands. That's a lot of travelling. So, oh, well, 86 with Cardwell. So 86. 85 and 86 today. All right. So, no statesman. You're the closest. Now, we were running together for a while there, as I said before. Everyone knows you, Schultzy. <laughs> Everyone was calling you the king of parkrun. How does that feel? <laughs> Well, I'm just doing. <laughs> I'm silly enough to keep going around. <laughs> Other people are not quite as silly as me. <laughs> but I might have a trip to Mount Isa in a few weeks. So you'll head out there chasing your statesman dream? Yeah, it'll be the third one I won't have done. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll pick it off and one on the coast as well on the way home. Well, that sounds like a plan. Thanks for talking to me today, Schultz. It's always a pleasure to say good day, and everyone knows you. You're like a fixture on the, the parkrun scene, so well done. Thank you. Alrighty, so I've tracked down Sue. Now, Sue, you did a milestone today. I did my 100th parkrun. Now, I've been procrastinating over this for a long time, and as many parkrunners know, your, your 100th is very special. So it has been a very special day today, and... Uh, because of course I'm in a tutu um, because you have to do your 100th you have to do your 100th with your best friends in a tutu and I'm very pleased to say um, that my local um, suburb has just started a park run and so I'm just so pleased today to be here at my first uh, opening local park run in my beautiful tutu with my lovely running friends now you are looking wonderful Today, being St. Patrick's Day, it's an Irish theme. So you've got your four-leaf clover badge. You have a beautiful green tutu and a lovely flashy green sequin headband. You look wonderful. Thank you. And um, also, you know, you really need to inspire your friends to dress up because it's the only day of the week where you're allowed to dress up in, in something that you would never wear during the week. And I challenged my friends to add some glitter to their, um, to their outfits today and they really have taken up the challenge. And it really makes the day a lot more fun and interesting and really love the high fives as you go along um, your course as well. Excellent. So will you be a regular here at Forest Lake? Yes, it's so convenient. We're off to coffee, of course, because that's the other part of Park Run that's so important. Um, but really, it's just lovely to be out in the sunshine, the fresh air, with lots of people, having a great time. And I think that's the best part about Park Run. So wherever you're doing it today and uh, or planning to do it next week, I hope you have a great Park Run, everyone. Awesome. Thank you, Sue, and congratulations on your 100. Thank you, and I look forward to following all of your adventures as well. <laughs> Thank you. All right, back now with Rory and Shirley, the event directors. How are you today? How was the launch? Good, good. It was a very successful day, so it has gone off without a hitch so far, which has been fantastic. Excellent. How about you, Rory? How was your day? Um very nervous at the start very apprehensive but geez it was absolutely fantastic and everyone seemed to really enjoy themselves and it was a great turnout and everyone well everyone wore green i'd like to say everyone <laughs> most people wore green and i've got my green shorts yeah, on rory cool. now rory um i can detect a bit of a lilt there is that the reason for the theme today um no today is saint patrick's day and um, so march 17th 
and we encourage everyone to wear green but also just on top of that the green campaign we have Brisbane City Council have launched a new litter initiative which is a green initiative you could say so it's an anti-litter prevention campaign that they have chosen to use this park run as their launch as well so that was a nice bonus for us with an Irishman was what I was getting to oh right well <laughs> Don't tell anybody, well, I'm Mexican, I just, I just put this accent on for the women. <laughs> and an excuse to drink Rodriguez, beer. Rodriguez, my name is. Rod <laughs> oh, very funny. I did wear my green shorts today. Sorry, I didn't have much green, but I tried, Rory. Um, now, Forest Lake, F, not many Fs around. Uh, did you get many alpha tears today, do you reckon? Yes, well, we did speak to two that came from Toowoomba, had taken the day off work, specifically because it was an F. In their in their suburb, well not suburb, their um, alphabetia. Yeah, alphabetia yeah, yeah, for them yeah. to achieve. So yes, I know of two that we definitely did get through. Yeah, and I spoke to one as well. So there's three for you, um, and another Brisbane City Council event here. Um, do you, how many are in Brisbane now? Do you know? I don't know. Well, do you know when I started doing them, I did about 25 because I was doing all the ones around Brisbane, and then when I finished, I had a few months off, and within that time, then a few more had sprung up. So I had to catch up, but I haven't caught up on all of them, um, and I probably won't because now that I'm staunch to this one. But, uh, no, I'll give it a go. But yeah, well, I'd say we're looking at around 30 around Brisbane, I'd say. Yep. Probably more. Yep. And the course. Now, I'm at Bunyville. Every time I go to a different I've park run. I have done the Bunyville one. Yes. <laughs> Did a good time as well. <laughs> awesome. Every time I come somewhere different, I think it's not going to be hilly like Bunyville. It'll be flat. It'll be easy. Uh, no, not the case here. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we do have a challenging one. There are hills as well as a few dog legs and turns to negotiate. And I guess that adds to the interesting course for Forest Lake. I think it does. I love the course. There was lots of shade as well. So I think it'll be a beautiful course any time of year. Um, now, you guys run directing here and event directing. How did you get into parkrun and what's your parkrun story? My parkrun story, I've actually only ever done one parkrun. Um, and that was at Rocks Rivers. I do do a regular five kilometre run three times a week at South Brisbane. But because I never had one close to home that was why I wanted to set it up and that's where it started. I put a message on our local Facebook page and our community page and just asked them if they, anybody would be interested. That's when I got in with Rory and Katrina and we met up and the story started from there. We have had a couple challenges along the way, a couple of residents and our course has changed probably three times. Um, but we eventually met our launch date and we were really pleased to get it up and running. Excellent. How about you, Rory? Um, well, yeah, I've been doing the park runs for a while, and uh, myself and another one of our run directors, Shree, me and him used to do them. But um, we had always toyed with the idea of getting one set up in Forest Lake, so we've been looking for tracks. I had me, you know, we would have loved to incorporate the lake. Unfortunately, it wasn't uh, available, but I had me eye on this track as well because I knew of cause I, Forest Lake for years. I've been living around here. So I knew of this long track and yeah, eventually we got to incorporate it and it was pretty good. Excellent. And it's also one of the legacy runs for the Commonwealth Games Embrace, is that correct? Yes, it is. It is correct. Yeah, so that's great. I mean, the Commonwealth Games is just around the corner now and yeah. it's really nice that all Queenslanders get to have some part of I'm their life. <laughs> Are you volunteering? What's your volunteer. role? I'm a um, spectator services. So I'll be looking after the Oxenford um, Arena 
and that's boxing, badminton and squash. So it'll be interesting. And table tennis. So a bit of different to running. <laughs> but that's okay. So you're obviously a really avid volunteer and that's really wonderful. So thank you very much, guys, for talking to me today. Thanks for all of your work in getting Forest Lake and F and another run out in this part of Brisbane. So we're in the southwest of Brisbane. Um, so thanks for all your work. Well done and uh, all the best for the future of Forest Lake Park Thanks for coming out. I appreciate all the people that turned out today, including yourself. It was a great turnout and I'm really happy with how it went. Thank you. And yes, we ended with 559 runners coming over the finish line. So yeah. great. Big numbers. Awesome. Well done, guys. And thanks again. Thank you. See you later. Alrighty, Scotty and Mel, that's it. That's a wrap up from me from the launch of Forest Lakes Park Run. If you're after an F, get down here. Great course. It's not your normal fast out and back. There's a lot of interest on the course. It's really treed and it's green and there's lots of little hills and the crowd here are wonderful. It was a big crowd here for the launch but I've got a pretty good feeling that Forest Lake is going to be one of the friendliest park runs going. Um, just before I go, another shout out, Craig. Um, one of the run directors at Rocks Riverside was here, came up, said g'day um, and said he loves the podcast. So thanks for listening, Craig. Thanks for saying g'day. And that's it from me. See you next time on the podcast. Forest Lake launched on the weekend, Mel. And thanks to Lyndall. She was there to cover it for us. A big event for Brisbane. Yes, it was a big event for Brisbane. And coming up... This weekend, there's another event in Brisbane launching with St. Lucia. There is indeed. Queensland are making it very difficult at the moment for people to uh, keep on top of all the events that are happening or even try to catch up. It's just we're running away with Parkrun at the moment. And there's a launch in New South Wales at Chipping Norton. Parkrun, funny little name. Very British-sounding name. It's cute, name. isn't it? Yeah, it it's is. okay. That's, it's like something you'd find on the Metro line in London, isn't it? Or the underground. Chipping Norton. I think it's a bit Sydney. Like when we were there over Christmas, they do they do have a couple of funny names like that. Like English names, you mean? Yeah. yeah. That's the same thing, isn't it? English and funny. <laughs> Can you give me some <laughs> examples of, of, of these other funny names? Don't put me on the spot, Mel. <laughs> Look, you started it. You you know you've got to you've got to come up with the goods if you're going to throw things out there like that. 104 episodes. I've made plenty of general sweeping statements. That you've never asked me to make. <laughs> so I'm not going to start so, now. Okay, and I shouldn't start calling you on them now either. I guess. Well, we do have an anniversary this weekend, however, and it's it's a bit bittersweet because yeah, it's tinged with a bit of sadness, isn't it? It is. It is for us. It is for us, very personally, because there are two very important people to the podcast who are unable to make the Adventurers listener meet-up this weekend, because they're going to be at this wonderful anniversary. And we don't blame them, but we are sad that we won't get to see them. Because where's the anniversary, Scotty? The event in question is Mount Barker. The people in question are our Channel 5 News crew members, PK and Greta. So good luck to them. I'm sure they'll have a great morning. Not as, not as much fun as we're going to have. Well, they might have some fun. Maybe we'll get some roving reports from the birthday, if we're lucky. Not as much fun. I said not as much fun. Okay. They're, in, they're entitled to have fun. 
But just not as much fun as we <laughs> I think that's a bit harsh. If, if they're capable of having as much fun as us, I think they should be allowed. You know what? I want, I want to put Mount Barker on our list to Mel. I, I, think, I feel it's, a, it's an event that we need to get to. I've done a freedom run of Mount Barker. Well, freedom runs one thing, an event, a proper Saturday morning park run is another. And we, we haven't spoken about this at all. No, and I know you're your calendar's very now. full, very full, <laughs> but I, I feel like next time we're in South Australia, we need to get to Mount Barker. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I'm always happy to go to South Australia. Okay. Is that it this week? We're done. Next time I'll see you, we'll be in person. Well, that's only a few days away. But um, actually, Scotty, I haven't asked you this week. How's your marathon training going? Yeah, awesome. Great. Yeah, have you missed anything? I am missing a few. The odd here and there. Not many. Like I, I, I'm, I'm doing really well. I had a 70k week last week. That was a, that was a big week for Scott. And how so many was it that. supposed to be? Oh, it's about that. So it's close. Oh, but it's, it's, it's a lot of running, isn't it? Well, no. I know Liam just said 200 something ridiculous, but for me, mere mortals, 70k is a lot. Yeah, that's fine. But is near enough really good enough? <laughs> isn't this what happened last time? You just decided you could skite on a couple of your sessions and then you wondered why you didn't perform as well as you were expecting. Yeah. Got to keep you it's honest, a... Scotty. Like, yeah, no, there's look, no point good. asking about how it's going if that's not actually going to motivate you to keep doing all the sessions you're supposed to be doing. I was tapering. I was tapering for Run for the Kids. Oh, I'm pretty sure that was not in your training program <laughs> to taper. It wasn't. It wasn't. I was going to talk about it. I, Run for the Kids. I did something that I've never done before, and I, I took it really easy, and I stopped for photos during a fun run. I know people he- do that. Heaven forbid. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know what they're called. You know what they're called, right? They're called Run Fees. Run Fees, yeah. So I did, I did a couple. Yeah. And I've always looked at them and gone, shouldn't you be running like you're in a race? I know, it's, 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 you're in a race. <laughs> and now you were and that I, person. I was that person this weekend. It was, it was kind of fun. Okay. W- would you do it again? No, I've done it now. So that's enough. Tick. Okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, run, run the date my way. How's that going? Oh, my goodness. Um, it's not getting any easier. It's, um, I, I am having a lot of days where I just stand there in my running clothes and I look at the door and I don't want to go out, but I still go out because I'm stubborn and I still, I'm, I'm still, I haven't missed a day yet and I have managed all my, all my minutes that I'm supposed to do. You know, I've completed day 21, so technically that's three solid weeks worth. I've only got 10 days to go, and I'm not halfway yet. Wow. Do you know when I'm going to get halfway? 24. No, 22. Okay. So my next run of 22 minutes is going to just get me over halfway by about, four or five minutes if I if I recall correctly. But it just doesn't really seem fair that no. I, I've been running for three weeks and I'm not halfway through a month. It defies all logical maths. Yeah, you can't stop though, Mel. Like you because if you stop then you gotta do it again next month. 
So you've only who? got ten days to go. <laughs> because you can't do it. You can't say I'm going to do a challenge and then not complete it. I'm and I'm. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying you'll that do it. You'll do it. Days aren't getting easier, and I don't know how I'm going to sneak it in over the weekend. You know, we've got a lot of action, chock a block, organized. There'll be no sneaking. We're coming with you. No, I don't really feel comfortable with that either. <laughs> You've got well. performance anxiety about live podcasting. I've got performance anxiety about running with people. Okay. Um, are you getting fitter? Do you feel like you're getting faster and fitter? Well, I I don't know about faster. I think fitter, obviously, because, you know, I, I ran for 21 minutes today without stopping and I haven't done that in a long time. And I, I did also wear some pants, which I bought specifically when I was pregnant, um, like four sizes bigger than normal, just so that I could be comfortable with the big belly and the other stuff that was getting bigger um, as a result of the pregnancy in the leg and bum and thigh areas. And they were a little bit saggy baggy today. Now, I don't know whether or not that's because I stretched the hell out of them while I was pregnant (laughs) and I just didn't notice because I haven't worn them in a while um, because they were like three-quarter length tights and I avoid those in summertime and usually just wear shorts. Um, But what I did notice is they weren't holding the stuff together like I need to be held and so that was that was a bit distracting for me for the first 10 minutes or so was I was just concentrating on things jiggling where I was thinking okay I'm pretty sure the tighter pants hold stuff in like uh, I thought my abs were better than that and I thought my belly was better than that but no obviously I still have some work to do <laughs> if these pants that don't hold anything in just let them all go everywhere so um it's it's been a an education okay well, I look forward to seeing the progress uh, on the weekend, and I don't know how you're going to avoid me in particular, Mel. We are spending three days together. You can go running with Adam, and I can run another time. Okay. Uh, how's that? Is Adam in shape? Because I don't, I don't know if he's doing seventy k weeks. Is he going to be able to keep up with me? He's not doing seventy day <laughs> weeks, but I don't know. That depends on how fast you run. Adam has a good habit of running at the same time as people um, and not necessarily with them. So <laughs> maybe maybe you can be that guy who's in front all the time and ne- never actually with him and give him a taste of his own medicine. Yeah, you know what I might do? I might just sprint like, for the first K. <laughs> and just tell him that's up. your normal yeah. pace nowadays. <laughs> Make him feel bad that he's dropped off so much. Oh, you're a terrible person. <laughs> that's not very. That's not a very park run thing to do. No. Well, I won't do it at park run. Okay. I'll do it on the Friday and the Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's completely up to you. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. I'm going to see you in a couple of days, so I think we should finish this up. Yeah. Well, look, you haven't eased my anxiety one bit. So oh, uh, was that's that good. my was that my task? <laughs> I thought I, th- I thought the penultimate episode before our listener meetup, you might you might achieve that, but no, but that's okay. Well, that would have been last week if it was the penultimate one before the episode. We we talk about this. Your definition <laughs> of penultimate is different to mine. <laughs> <laughs> it means second last. 
This is yes, the last this is one the second before last. the weekend. But no, well... The second last one was last <laughs> week. I guess so, yeah, because this, la- this is the one before. Yeah, okay. Because this yeah, weekend's going to be this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm glad we're on the same dictionary with the, okay. <laughs> with the Let's go. Look one. at the time. Mel, is that the time? Let's go. This has been a long one. Thanks, um, thanks and uh, we'll see you soon. See you, Scotty.